What is up, people? This is Jake with Radio Underland coming to you live from the little pod shack. The pod shack. The horrible little pod shack. Uh, anyways, yeah. took. Uh, I didn't do a show yesterday or didn't do a news show. I was feeling a little down in the dumps. A little head congestion, a little head cold, a little sinus, something going on. Got back from working on the weekend, doing my volunteer for the Lord. And... Um, you know, I told Missy, I said, I, I wonder if I have COVID. And that was apparently the wrong thing to say to somebody that is newly mother of a child because uh, she started freaking out, started packing the bag, saying, I'm going to going to my dad's house and all this. And I was like, oh, ho, ho, wait on. We got a test. We got a test. Let me test this out. And I took the test and it came back negative. It was just a regular head cold. We still have that today. We still have regular head colds, apparently. Not everything's COVID. Uh, so we had that going on. We had a winter storm advisory going on up here. So the wind was ripping like crazy. And in the little pod shack here, uh, it doesn't respond well to the wind. So I was just like, you know what? Screw this. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try and do a show. I mean, everybody's talking about Will Smith smash, smacking the crap out of Chris Rock anyways, whether it's fake, whether it's real, uh, who knows on that, right? Um, I did find it weird, and I'm sure everybody has beat this to death, so let's grab a club and let's go at it and let's keep beating it to death. So so do you think that that was real? Some people think it was real. Some people think it wasn't. I mean, I do have question of how he got away with slapping the crap out of Chris Rock and then remaining in his seat and he wasn't escorted out. That's I mean, is it just because he is Will Smith? You know, he's the man in black, so he's untouchable. It seemed, it seemed odd when you're on TV like that to be able to, if you were in a bar, if you were in a restaurant, if you were a normal person and you walk up to somebody, you smack the crap out of them, you're getting escorted out of the restaurant, cops are being called, and you're probably hightailing it out of there before the cops get there, right? But Will Smith, nah, walks up there, slaps the shit out of him, everything's a-okay, goes back, sits to his uh, down at his table, yells out a couple profanities, and it's like nothing happened. It's odd. It's odd. It's odd. So that makes me think that was this stage, but then if they, I, that's that's staged beyond something that I believe the uh, Academy of Motion Pictures or the Oscars would do. That they're not that edgy. They're not freaking jackass. You know what I mean? So if it was staged, then it was only staged between Chris and Will. Um, and I, but I don't think it was staged. I think I think my personal opinion was it, it was legit. I think I think Will Smith has taken so much crap about Jada, his slut whore wife that goes around banging other dudes and goes on her podcast for ratings and lets the whole world know about it. He's tired of looking like a bitch. Uh, so he finds the the midget that he can find, Chris Rock, and he slaps the crap out of him. It was, you know, everybody's like, well, yeah, yeah. Well, Will Smith was laughing at it too when it first happened. Yeah, he was. So he looked over and saw his whore wife sitting there. And she was pretty pissed off. And he was like, you know what? I've had enough. It's time to do something. And he did something. Now, I think it was kind of lame. I mean, my, my personal opinion, if you're going to go that far, if you're going to go that far and you're going to walk up there, I ain't bitch slapping. I mean, if you're going to pull the first blow, what's the difference of the legal consequence? It's assault. It's assault whether he slaps or he punches. I mean, screw it if you're gonna if you're gonna do that on national tv there's no argument a way around it uh he probably should have punched chris rock but at the same time i think he's just being overly emotional overly sensitive you know his wife with her whatever alopecia propylicia appalachia whatever it is where she's losing hair apparently it's a sensitive uh, subject and when he looked over at jada and she was not happy about it he just uh, decided 
now he's not going to man up. He's not going to man up about some other guy eating out his wife. He's not going to man up on that. He's going to man up on this joke at the Academy Awards. I mean, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty freaking outrageous. It's really outrageous, you know? And at the same time, you know, it's, it's all Jada's fault. I, you know, that I'm not talking about the hair loss, but I'm talking about the cheating on with Will. I mean, that's all her fault. I mean, how can you get mad at the guy that was banging her when she was volunteering for it? You know what I mean? You should be mad at Jada. Why is he still with her? I have no idea. He should tell her to kick rocks and he'd probably be a much happier person if he did. You know, you can only do, you can only handle that for so much. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. You know, uh, another story. Hold on. Let me get a drink of my, my, uh, pineapple Perrier real quick. Another story that I've been following, um, that's kind of on this whole, the whole, uh, uh, work woke corporations, uh, coming at, come on, focus your damn camera. <clears throat> the whole woke the whole woke uh, companies coming out against people that say anything that boys are boys, girls are girls. Uh, there's a big one going on and it's with Harry's razors. Now Harry's razors used to be a sponsor on the uh, Ben Shapiro show on the, uh, what, what is that? The daily, wh whatever they call their network. Harry's razors was a big sponsorship until, until somebody said that boys are boys, girls are girls. And then Harry got Harry's razors got woke the fuck up. And uh, took all their sponsorship off the show. So what happened was, well, they responded. And they responded with Jeremy's Razors. And Jeremy's Razors is a company that is out there that has just one goal to defeat Harry's Razors uh, based on, uh, you know, the, the shenanigans over there, Harry's. Now, they did release this commercial. And this commercial is hilarious. Now, it plays a whole lot better if you can watch this on YouTube, but I'm still going to play it and uh, you guys can follow along and uh, just check out this commercial from Jeremy's Razors. It's, it's, it's funny. It's funny. It's long, though. It's a really long commercial. Do you remember when there were two genders and only one and a half of them had to shave their mustaches? Oh, hi, I'm Jeremy Boring, CEO and God King of The Daily Wire. Harry's razors used to advertise on our shows. They're a great product and we were happy to do it. That's before some peon who works for me went and said that boys are boys and girls are girls. And that was just too much for Harry's. They condemned our views, views held by millions of Americans and virtually every human who's walked the planet until about 15 minutes ago as inexcusable. And they dropped their ads from our network because of what they called values misalignment. You're damn right our values are misaligned. And it's not just Harry's either. Gillette razors used to be the best a man could get. Then they decided that men are too toxic. Unless you're the kind of man who teaches his daughter to shave her beard. If that makes sense to you, keep buying Gillette. But if you've had enough of the woke bullshit, and you're tired of paying companies like Harry's and Gillette to hate you? <laughs> then buy my new razor instead. Behold, Jeremy's razors. Yes, they're real. Yes, they're fabulous. But Jeremy, you say, you're a svelte silver fox with a salt and pepper beard that's the envy of lesser men. 
You're damn right I am. And I want to be clear that shaving with a Jeremy's razor won't actually make you look more like yes, me. you're giving me fierce. You're giving me power. Could make you look more like this guy, though. And that's the most homoerotic moment you'll ever get from a Jeremy's razor commercial. What kind of man shaves with a Jeremy's razor? I don't know. How about cowboys, firefighters, those guys that shot Osama bin Laden? I mean, no, none of those guys have ever even heard of a Jeremy's razor, but, but imagine how much more manly they'd be if they had. Right now, you're probably wondering if this whole thing is a joke. Sure it is, but that doesn't mean it isn't real or that it won't be the best shave of your life. Harry's Razors doesn't want your business. I do. They seem to hate you, and I, well, I can't say that I love you, but I don't mean you any specific harm. Our country's in trouble. Conservatives are being canceled by Hollywood, the media, universities, and now Harry's Razors. Stop giving your money to woke corporations who don't think you deserve their product. Give it to me instead. Head over to IHateHarrys.com and pre-order your Founders Series razor and shaving cream set today. <laughs> their website is IHateHarrys.com. Uh, that's great. That's great. That is a great uh, comeback. I, I don't see, I, you know, I, I, I fully expect this company, Jeremy's Razors, to really uh, go down the road of the MyPillow, MyPillow.com, you know, where whatever, what's his nuts, the the leader of MyPillow, he beat addiction and he's beating cancellation and, uh, uh, you know, you need to support him and buy his pillows and you get two for 40% off or something because it's a Patriot discount that same people, the same, the QAnon people, the Trump supporters, all the conservatives that are tired of the woke bullshit, according to the commercial, they are all going to be jumping all over this and ordering Jeremy's razors. And so I think, I think it's going to be a hit. I really do. I should, I wonder if it's, I know they're probably not public yet. Invest in Jeremy's razors. It'll probably work. Uh, yeah, the, the woke bullshit and are people really tired of the woke bullshit. I think they are. I think they are. I, I think they are this over the top wokeness. Uh, like, like they said there in, in the commercial and what I've read online is basically that, you know, somebody at the daily wire said, boys are boys and girls are girls. And uh, apparently that was so offensive, so offensive. And I like in the commercial where he says it was common knowledge. Everybody believed that until 15 minutes ago when the woke, 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 woke warriors come on set and start declaring otherwise. It's ridiculous. Goes back to the whole conversation last week about the Supreme Court of the United States and the nominee to de define woman and she couldn't do it. You know what I mean? It's, it's nonsense. It's, it's never going to stop. It's never going to stop until people like this, like I, I hate Harry's.com stands up with Jeremy's razors and starts going against this whole woke bullshit. That's just over the top. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The left has gone so progressive, so far out there that they're actually reeling things back. So when it comes to women's rights, et cetera, um, it's, it's nuts. It's funny. It's funny. Uh, but you know, if we're going to talk about gender roles, I think we need to talk about this, that the army approved 
reduce physical standards for women and older soldiers. Now, the problem with this is I thought that they already it's our it's already been a different uh, criteria that the women in the military have to meet. Uh, but, you know, that brings up a good question. That brings up a, qu- a good question. If you're in the military and you're a man, but you identify as a woman, is a military going to let you take the woman's requirements for physical fitness for the military? Of course, you know, they will. You know, they will. They, you know, they will. And that's some of the woke bullshit that we need to get rid of. Right. So this is coming up. It's following a three year review. The army has scrapped plans to use the same physical fitness test for all soldiers, choosing instead to have some reduced standards to allow women and older soldiers to pass the service. And they announced that on Wednesday. Uh, the, the decision follows a RAND led study that found men were more easily passing the new, more difficult army combat fitness test compared to women and older soldiers who were failing at a noticeably higher rate. The six event test developed in 2019 was an expansion from the three events, push up, sit ups, and run uh, soldiers had done prior. The test is an essential part of maintaining the readiness of the army as we transform into the army of 2030. Army Secretary Christine Warmuth said in a statement announcing the changes. The revisions to the ACFT are based on data and analysis included an independent assessment required by Congress, which will continue to assess our implementation of the test to ensure it is fair and achieves our goal of strengthening the Army's fitness culture. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, yeah. 44% of women have failed the test from October 2020 to April 2021 compared to about 7% of men. Uh, so, uh, yeah, proof positive, proof, proof positive that men and women are not created physically equal. Duh. If they were created equal, the statistics would be the same, but 40% of women are failing. 7% of men are not, um, are, well, 7% of men are failing. Uh, so 40 to seven, that is a huge gender gap. Gender gap. You know what gender gap is? The gender gap is the difference between the dick and the vagina. Gender gap. Okay. Um, if, if you don't believe, you know, I saw some knucklehead and he's, he's a good friend of mine, but he's still a knucklehead. Um, he was putting up there the other day about the whole Leah Tom Thomas, you know, the NCAA swimmer. And he was saying that, you know, he was given the times of Leah before the transition when he was named Bob Thomas or whatever the hell he was. The, uh, the times, his swim times the previous year when he was competing as a male and, and competing as a female. And he was pointing out that the, his, his female times were in correlation with his male times. It actually slowed down just a tad, probably because of all the whatever tit enhancement drugs he's on and all that other kind of bullshit um, and lack of testosterone, testosterone blockers. So his times had changed a little bit, but not much. But he was pointing out the fact that his women's times weren't beating the women's world records. It made it okay for him to compete against the women. And this is where my good friend, my dearly good friend, uh, this is where he's a knucklehead. This is where he's a dumb fuck. Because the mere fact that he went from rated like 550 in men's competition in the NCAA to number one as a woman that's a 500 and some odd place transitional gap that he just overcome. He overcame the gender gap right there in that, you know? And so all that, all that tells me, all that tells me is that he wasn't that great of a male swimmer and he's still not that great of a male swimmer, but as a woman, you know, 
unless the right woman on the right day actually gets, you know, a world record performance to beat his ass, you know, it's, it's totally, totally unfair, but you know, never to say women, uh, in the military, they're getting a, uh, they're going to get a, a little, uh, maybe they can do their pushups on their knees or something like that. Um, something like, you know, who knows, who knows what else do we have going on here in the news? Let's see. Let's take, Oh, 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 Oh yeah. There was a nine one one call. Remember that story that we were doing, uh, just at the end of last week here, let me pause this. The story where with the boy that was, uh, fell out of that ride, right? Well, apparently there was a nine one one call and, uh, here we go with, uh, Stacy and Keith here, they're going to they're going to review that 911 call. Let's take a listen to that. We do begin with hearing those who knew 14 year old Tyree Sampson, the eighth grader, died on the free fall ride in Orlando. And tonight, so many questions still. Nico Clemens is live in the Tampa News Center with more on the tragedy. Nico, just an absolute tragedy for this the family of this young man. We've heard from quite a few people today uh, from law enforcement to the rides operators to Sampson's football coach. But still the only question that matters tonight. How did this happen? Well, hey, gravity the seatbelt on him. OK, when he fell, was he up off the ground? Yeah, he was up. He was on the right already. The biggest thing is you don't question things that's supposed to happen if they teach you that. However, there are more questions than answers. After 14-year-old Tyree Sampson fell from an Orlando theme park ride and lost his life, his most recent football coach remembers him as yeah. a good person. Like I say, straight-A student, never did anything wrong, never got in trouble. You know, you kind of question it, like, why him? Inspectors started their work Friday, going through the attraction, piecing together how this happened. The Orange County Sheriff says his office's role is to determine whether this was an accident or intentional act. And this does appear just to be a terrible tragedy. The Slingshot Group of Companies operates the ride. A representative says there are safety checks in place before it launches. The ride will not operate if those checks are not green-lighted. So, uh, again, everything was functioning properly. Uh, when the ride started, what we don't know is what happened after that. The ride, which opened only a few months ago, is now closed indefinitely. Samson's football coach is telling his players to stay strong and keep his name alive. I knew he had a bright future because he was just a great kid, man. Uh, well, the 911 call, somebody calling in there saying that he wasn't, he wasn't, the seatbelt wasn't fastened. And of course, the ride operator, the ride owner is saying that, oh, that's an impossibility. They know what happened. You know, a lot of times, I don't know about this specific one, but they have the the over-the-shoulder harness, which comes down, and then it latches into an, an additional seatbelt at the bottom. I saw another article that came out uh, that was talking about, the as far as the manual for this ride, that this little jokester, uh, he uh, way over-exceeded the weight limit. Well, not way over-exceeded, but he exceeded the weight limit. Um I don't know. I've never been weighed getting on one of those rides, so I don't know how um, how they would determine that just by visual inspection. But he out, he outweighed what the weight limit was per seat on that ride. So uh, and that was coming from Fox News in Phoenix. Um, the Orlando Freefall Rider Death Operations Manual shows boy exceeded attractions weight limit. Well, let's see what that weight limit is because America's got a whole bunch of fat asses in it. Uh, pages 57 to 58 of the 176 page manual discuss rider limitations and restrictions. Uh, bah, 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 bah. uh, 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 all right, here we go. Uh, there is no minimum weight restriction, but there is a maximum weight restriction and that is 286 pounds. 
And that is right there in the manual, 286 pounds. Apparently this kid weighed more than that. So, uh, you know, I think there's just a lot in place where this, this guy, this kid's family, man, they're going to, they're going to make out on this. Um, they're going to make out. There's, there's definitely going to be a lawsuit pending on this and they're definitely going to make it out on this. Ah, oh, Jake, that's a horrible thing to say. The family's going to make out. Yeah, it is a horrible thing to say. And that's exactly what the attorneys are going to say. They're going to say that there's no way that any financial amount can equal uh, having young what's-his-face alive here with his family today. And that's why I'm saying they're going to get paid out big time because you cannot financially replace the life of a person. And whatever went wrong with this ride or whatever went right with it or whatever happened, um, there's gonna, that's why there's liability insurance on these rides. And this is going to be a claim that is definitely going to cash in on that. And it looks to be like, there's a lot of things that are, um, you know, it's, it's like that ride operator. He said, everything was functioning fine. Well, if you lost a life on your ride, then maybe even functioning fine wasn't good enough. So it's kind of a stupid thing to say. In fact, I'm surprised that that ride operator is making any of these comments on in the news on the record, except I mean, yeah, he's got to have an attorney that's telling him to shut the fuck up on this. You would think, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going down. It is going down. Uh, and I don't mean that, so I guess going down shouldn't be the term that I use, but, um, well, well, uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Uh, a couple teens. And uh, is this a Florida story? I want to say it's gotta be a Florida story, right? Let me see. Where's the location? Uh, I don't see the location. Fairfield high. Where's Fairfield, Iowa. Well, this seems like a, well, Iowa is apparently getting Florida stories because, um, in Fairfield, Iowa, two 16 year old boys, 16 years old, life's destroyed right here Two six and destroyed the life of another two 16 year old boys killed their Spanish teacher using a baseball bat in Southeast Iowa. Later, one of them bragged about the cold-blooded murder on social media. New court documents reveal Jeremy Goodell and Willard Miller, Fairfield High School students, are accused of killing 66-year-old Nohima Graber, whose thrash body was discovered on November 2nd, disposed of in a park just hours after she was reported missing. The previously revealed court records cited that her body was discovered with trauma to her head, under a tarp, a wheelbarrow, and railroad ties. The details of the brutal murder were outlined in a search warrant unsealed on Tuesday. Since both teens are still awaiting hearings on whether they should be tried as adults or juveniles in the case. Based on the recently unsealed search warrant, investigators only centered on the alleged teen killers. When a friend turned over Goodell's Snapchat, Snapchat gets you every time Snapchat messages that implied the two were involved in the planning execution and disposal of evidence in the horrifying murder. You know, what's amazing is that the, um, looks like the police officers had no clue until a witness came forward with the Snapchat messages. Uh, doesn't that happen quite a bit? You know, kids, ugly ass kids like this. They, they, uh, they do something really, really stupid. This one over here looks a little, uh, he looks a little off the, off the, uh, off the cognitive rails there. Um, but thank God that this moron, one of these morons, I got, I got money on this guy, uh, revealed what was going on in a Snapchat message and they got caught. You know, that talking about ruining your life, man, man, 
So what did he say in the chat? He said in the chat with his friend, Goodell revealed that the two had conducted surveillance on Graber, the teacher, and described the gruesome killing in the aftermath. Graber's car was also spotted in the surveillance footage entering and leaving the park on the day the body was found, according to the warrant. The duo's motive? All right, what was the motive that was worthy of taking a life? Well, it hasn't been revealed. Yeah, it's kind of a letdown. Um, the lawyers for the teens are trying their best to keep the bizarre case from public view. Goodell's and Miller's attorneys also attempted to block the media altogether from covering the Thursday hearing on whether the case should be moved to the juvenile system, but the judge denied their request on Tuesday. Miller's hearing was stalled by his lawyer as she tried to suppress evidence that she claims was obtained by violating her client's constitutional rights. The decision as to where the case will be tried will be based on the evidence, according to the Associated Press. Uh, yeah, once again, that, you know, I, I, the moral compass of attorneys, I know they're defense attorneys. I know this is how they get paid, but man, you know, trying to pull the loopholes when she's actually obviously got two allegedly psycho youngsters uh, beating to death a Spanish teacher with a baseball bat and uh, still willing to defend that. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could be an attorney and step up to the plate. And uh, when, when I have a client that is uh, almost knowingly evil, I don't think I could stand up there and defend that. I mean, I've got more respect for myself. I've got more respect for society because, you know, it's these attorneys that stand up for these corrupt, evil people uh, and, and a lot of times get them off and they, they, they just trash our society. They piss all over our society. I think attorneys are a big reason why we're in the, a lot of the state that we're in prices up because constant lawsuits, companies getting sued left and right. Um, you know, just like that, that other thing with that kid on the ride, you know what I mean? If, if that kid, if that kid refused to put on the seatbelt that was required, um, you know, he's taking his life into his own hand, but here are these companies that would have had a safe ride with, if he would have applied the seatbelt, uh, they, they could shut the whole park down, shut that ride down for sure, which just opened. So, you know, you know, it is what it is. Well, a nurse, this story came out in PR. Former nurse found guilty in an accidental injection death of 75-year-old patient. You know, this is proof positive once again that you need to pay attention to what you're doing when you're a nurse. But Redonda, she's not from Wakanda, but Redonda Vogt, 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 Redonda Vogt a, a former nurse criminally prosecuted for a fatal drug error in 2000. Oh, my God. This is her second time. This is her second time. No, it's not her second time. I'm reading that wrong. A former nurse criminally prosecuted for a fatal drug error in 2017 was convicted of gross negligence of an impaired adult and negligent homicide on Friday after a three-day trial in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, this has gripped nurses across the country. Voight faced three to six years in prison for neglect and one to two years for ne negligent homicide as a defendant with no prior convictions. According to sentencing guidelines provided by the Nashville District Attorney's Office, Voight is scheduled to be sentenced on May 13th. I'm trying to see. Uh, Voight's trial has been closely watched by nurses and medical professionals across the U.S., many of whom worry it could set a precedent of criminalizing medical mistakes. Medical errors are generally handled by professional licensing boards or, or civil courts, and criminal, criminal prosecutions like Voight's case are exceedingly rare. 
Janie Harvey Garner, the founder of Show Me Your Stethoscope, a nursing group on Facebook with more than 600,000 members, worries the conviction will have a chilling effect on nurses disclosing their own errors or near errors, which could have detrimental effects on the quality of patient care. Healthcare just changed forever, was quoted by uh, this Janie Harvey Garner, Garner. She said, after the verdict, you can no longer trust people to tell the truth because they will be incriminating themselves if they do, which I don't know. I'm on that screen. Uh, in the wake of the verdict, the American Nurses Association issued a statement expressing similar concerns about Voight's conviction, saying it sets a dangerous precedent of criminalizing the honest reporting of mistakes. Some medical errors are inevitable, the statement said, and there are more effective and just mechanisms to address them than criminal prosecution. You know, this brings up a whole thing because let me see if I can find that. How many deaths annually due to medical negligence? Uh, because I know it's, I've, I've seen this number before and I know it's extremely, extremely, extremely high. Uh, medical negligence causes more than 138 million deaths per year. You get that? 138 million deaths per year are due to medical negligence, according to the World Health Organization. More than 138 million patients are harmed every year by doctors' errors. Well, harmed. doesn't say, well, in the headline it says, yeah, 138 million deaths. You know, so if you're out for all of humanity and you're out there arguing that, you know, you know how, many, how many people do cops kill a year? Uh, through negligence or armed interactions. I'll tell you what, it's nowhere near 138 million. So if you really have a concern about human life and protecting human life, maybe you should be protesting the medical uh, institutions of America and the world, because these are worldwide numbers, uh, that are killing 138 million people per year. That is a lot of people. And it just goes unnoticed. It goes underneath the record, off the record. You know what I mean? So that's why the nurses are saying that this particular case where this nurse is going to be found, uh, going to be found responsible for making a mistake that took the life of somebody, it could have huge effects because these mistakes, they're made every day. They're made every day by nurses, by doctors, by, you know, uh, whatever in the medical field. They're made all the time, 138 million a year. So could that upend the medical system if this establishes a, pre a precedence where people are going to start suing nurses that give their spouses the wrong medication and it takes their lives in the criminal courts, not a civil court, but a criminal court? It could definitely change the landscape of how we see, um, you know, what's going on. Well, Applebee's is back in the news. Applebee's, last time they were in the news, what was it? What was it? It was because CNN was airing the invasion of the Ukraine, and here comes an Applebee's commercial uh, as air raid sirens are going off. So uh, Applebee's, why are they back in the news? Well, some executive, some C, uh, let me see. Well, he's a franchise executive. He had the bright idea of during this gas pandemic, uh, lowering wages amidst, had, amidst high gas prices. Yeah, this was this rocket scientist. His name is Wayne Pankratz. In fact, just coming in as of yesterday, 
he was fired. But, and I'll get to that article, but an Applebee's franchise executive had a bright idea on dealing with inflation. And his answer is pay employees less. Wayne Pankratz, a big wig at American Franchise Capital. Okay, now let's just stop and think about this for a minute. So he's trying to solve a problem and his, and his idea is to pay employees less. Well, what is the problem? Well, let's see. Um, if, if, if food prices are up right now, thanks to, you know, uh, the Soviet union, thanks to Biden, thanks to everything that, you know, food prices are up. Maybe he's talking about, uh, lowering wages in order to keep the food prices the same. Okay. That's where my mind goes first. Let's see if I'm right. A big wig at American Franchise Capital, which owns and operates 50 Applebee's locations throughout the Midwest, spewed his corporate fat cat vision to his colleagues over an email, which leaked and has since gone viral. In the memo, Pankratz muses that the higher gas prices being felt across the country could actually benefit their Applebee's business, namely by forcing more people into the workforce out of desperation, which he thought would be great to exploit in lower wages for new hires. Yep, it's as bad as it sounds. Take a look for yourself. He says it as as clear as day right here. Uh, so let's hear. Here's the actual email. Oh, I can then launch the document reader and get the whole thing. Hold on. Let's get the official copy here. Uh, so this was from Pankratz, Wayne Pankratz, the executive director of operations. Uh, be great at what matters. Message forward. Blah, 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 da, 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 da. Uh, so what he says here, uh, team. Everyone has heard that gas prices can continue to rise. The advantage this has for us is that it will increase application flow and has a potential to lower our average wage. How, you ask? Well, he says most of our employees' base and potential employee base live paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> so they know that, which is probably true. It's probably true. You know, if you're working at Applebee's, you're probably not, you know, you're probably living paycheck to paycheck. Any increase in gas price cuts into their disposable income. As inflation continues to climb and gas prices continue to go up, that means more hours employees will need to work to maintain their current level of living. We are no longer competing with government when it comes to hiring. Stimulus money is no more. Supplemental employment is no more. This benefits us as prices rise. People who we who we relying on, well, he, what he means, there's a typo. The people who were relying on unemployment money simply will have less money to spend. It will force people back into the workforce. Okay, now what he's saying right there, he's actually right. You know, Applebee's, other companies, they, they there was this big labor shortage because you were competing with the government. You're comp competing with unemployment extensions. You were competing with stimulus checks, and people just were not motivated to work. Uh, we all knew that's what was going to happen, and he's saying, well, all that's coming to an end. Okay, so he's... He's kind of on the money so far. Let's 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 keep this go, going. Furthermore, other competitors, especially mom and pop companies or smaller businesses, will have to either raise prices, cut employee hours, or pay employees less hourly to hit their profit margins. Some businesses will not be able to hold on. This is going to drive more potential employees into the hiring pool. We all competed to hire out of the limited applicant pool, and there was a wage war. We all saw businesses hiring team members at $18 to $20 an hour. They will no longer be able to afford to do this. Trucking is the backbone of America, and as fuel costs rise, so will the charges for shipping. If those costs cannot be passed on to the customer in terms of menu price, 
the only area they can cut sizable costs will be in labor. The labor market is about to turn in our favor. What can you do? Besides hiring employees in at a lower wage to decrease our labor, when able, make sure you have a pulse on the morale of your employees. Your employees that live check to check are impacted more than people reading this email. Be conscious of that. Many will need to work more hours to get a se- or get a second job. Do things to make sure you are the employer of choice. Get schedules completed early so they can plan their other jobs around yours. Most importantly, have the culture and environment that will attract people. You know what's crazy is when you open this up and you read it, the guy makes absolute sense. There was a wage war. There was a, and that was the problem with the stimulus checks, the extended unemployment, everything else that was going on with the pandemic. Yes, people needed to survive. But what it also did, did a side effect of, of that was it created a labor shortage because people were simply able to just stay home. I mean, when given the option of staying home or going in for a job, uh, wouldn't you rather just stay home? And that's what a lot of Americans did. The great resignation, the great whatever that was going on, a lot of people simply were not going on. So it, it, the headline of this guy's email is pretty outrageous. You know, gas prices are going up. Let's put push wages down. But what he's saying is all the war, the labor war is over. The reason why we were having to pay 18 to $20 an hour was because we were competing with all these things and we had to get employees off their ass and get them to stop watching Maury Povich to come into work. He saw that's done with now. So we can lower it, uh, the, the starting wages of new employees. I don't think what he's saying here is too far-fetched, but of course the media has twisted it. And how did that end up? Or where did it end up for this guy? Well, in this headline right here, in restaurant business, Applebee's franchise exec fired. He was fired after using gas prices to justify lower wages. A leaked email from Wayne Packrat's executive director of operations for Apple Central drew widespread backlash and reportedly led some employees to quit. An executive at Applebee's franchise has been fired over a leaked email in which he wrote that higher gas prices would allow the company to pay workers less. Now that is taking out of context. It's taken out of context because what he's talking about is that the war for wages is over uh, due to the lack of support from the government. Applebee's corporate on Monday confirmed that Wayne Pankratz, executive director of operations for Apple Central LLC, has been terminated by the Kansas City, Missouri-based operator. The situation began last week when a leaked email sent from Pankratz addressed started making the rounds online. The message dated March 9th was sent to multiple colleagues and says the higher gas prices will lead more people to start looking for jobs, meaning Apple Central could offer them lower wages. Uh, yeah, it did say that, but how did it say that? I don't know. I get. A, I guess a lot of people don't actually read his email. They're quoting from the email and they're quoting the part where he says, besides hiring employees in at a lower wage to decrease our labor when able, make sure you have a pulse on the morale of your employees. The email read in part. Uh, This email, which it was viral, drew widespread condemnation online and led some managers at an Apple Central-owned Applebee's to quit last week, causing the restaurant to close temporarily, according to the Lawrence Journal World uh, reported. Uh, Let's see. Both Applebee's corporate and Apple Central disavowed the message. No, they disavowed the media attention it, it received. Uh, because I got, I got money on the fact that the words that he said, yeah, it went viral in a bad way. Um, the company started taking a hit. Employees were reading the headlines. They started quitting their jobs, 
But I bet you anything, the words that he said are going to ring true. And Applebee's new hires, uh, you're going to watch that they're not going to be offering that 20 bucks an hour to a server. Um, he was he was being truthful. He was being truthful, and he got fired for it because it went viral. Ah, yeah, this is all one of those stories where the media takes it, the media forms a headline, they really don't dig into the intricacies of the email, and this guy lost his job, which I'm sure he was well-supported enough where he's not, you know, he wasn't living paycheck to paycheck. He even stated that in the email. And I quote, this is the opinion of an individual, not Applebee's, said Applebee's COO Kevin Carroll, uh, doing a media defense in a statement to restaurant businesses. The individual has been terminated by the franchise who owns and operates the restaurants in the market. Our team members are the lifeblood of our restaurants, and our franchises are always looking to reward and incentivize team members, new and current, to remain within the Applebee's family. All but 69 of Applebee's 1,578 restaurants are owned and operated by franchises who have the ability to set wages in their markets. Apple Central has not responded to requests for comments as of publication time, but spokesperson uh, Scott Fisher told the Kansas City Star that Pankrat's email absolutely no way, shape, or form speaks to our policies on our culture, on our culture, or anything like that with our brand. So they're trying to distance themselves as much as they could, as fast as they could, from this email. Uh, yeah. Well, what did he say exactly? I'm looking back at this email because I'm trying to see the wording that they actually used. Everyone has heard the gas prices continue to rise. The advantage this has for us is that it will increase application flow and has the potential to lower our average wage. How, you ask? Yeah, it was a provocative statement. It was a provocative statement at the top of the email. And uh, that provocative statement, uh, the media took it and ran with it and didn't go into how or why. He was saying it was it was uh, it was it was one of those shocker email headers. You know what I mean? So watch out with your shocker email headers because that could definitely get you fired. Uh, anyways, what else do we have in the news before I wrap it up here? Uh, let's see. I'm at oh, I'm at 41 minutes. I need to wrap this soon. Oh man, but I kind of want to talk about the Hillsong. The Hillsong, uh, uh, a mega church is based out of Australia, and they have branches in New York. Justin Bieber was in in uh, attending a Hillsong, either L.A. or New York, one of the two. I don't know. Uh, but the Hillsong, you've got a bunch of resignations coming in. Uh, these guys, these guys, look, these, these, these well-tanned, well-muscle-defined, uh, they've been caught stooping, stooping the staff, stooping the staff. Uh, you know, men in power uh, in the clergy, men in power in politics, men in power in corporations. Uh, they love stooping the staff, right? Well, it's all blowing up. Senior pastor... Um, out of out of Australia, the big patriarch, the guy that runs Hillsong Music. Now, if you're not familiar with Hillsong, you've probably heard their music and you have no idea uh, that it's that it's this mega church out of Australia. Uh, but the the lead pastor out of Australia, he steps down amid allegations of mis, of misconduct. Uh, CNN Brian Houston, the founder of Australian mega church Hillsong, stepped down from his role as global senior pastor. That's a nice title that you get yourself, a global senior pastor, uh, amid an internal investigation into allegations of misconduct towards two women, the church announced on Wednesday. Uh, the church said, we would like to advise you that Pastor Brian Houston has resigned as global senior pastor of Hillsong Church, and the board has accepted his resignation, the church said in a statement. 
you know, this has been a long line of problems for Hillsong in Australia. Uh, not only is Brian Houston, the senior pastor, the head of the honcho of everything, resigning over allegations from two women. Uh, they had a thing 10 years ago where I believe it was Brian Houston's son who was real involved in their music program. He did this whole thing where he claimed that he had cancer and he started getting all the sympathy and to come to find out it was a it was a whole crock of bullshit. And let me see. Um, let me let me Google that real quick. Let me see if I get some details on that. We're talking about Hillsong cancer scandal. It's got to be able to pop up something. And I think this was over ten years ago. Uh uh uh. Twenty twenty two. Uh. Well, it's talking about all that cancer fate. Um. All right, here we go. Here, here, here's the article. Uh, the story behind Healer has been a lie. You know that feeling you get in the pit of your stomach? Now, I'm reading this article that was from 2008. So this was a long time ago. Um, I found out earlier this morning that the man who wrote Healer, which was a song, was lying about his terminal battle with cancer. Article below. Uh, clearly, we need to be praying for those that are most affected by this, including the family, his church ministry, Planet Shakers, and Hillsong as well. Uh, where's the article? Michael Guglimucci, whose parents established Edge Church International. Oh, God. That's his bio. Well, I really fucked up this story in a hurry, didn't I? But anyways, in a nutshell, back in the day, this this church, this Hillsong Church, has been through all kinds of nonsense, fake cancer stories, fake all kinds of stuff. And uh, it's coming back to roost. They got pastors uh, resigning in Dallas, the senior pastor in Australia. And it is just really coming to a head and there's one there's one of the victims that is really speaking out about this and um i'm waiting for this article to load okay um and that is let's see a day after the founder of global mega church hillsong stepped down amid swirling sexual assault allegations a former church member says church leaders have been quashing sexual misconduct complaints and allegations for years the church's founder, 67-year-old Brian Houston, resigned Tuesday night after an internal investigation. I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty big when your church has an internal investigations department. That's a big mother frickin' church. But an internal investigation found that he had breached the church's code of conduct with two women who accused him of inappropriate behavior. The church is known for its Grammy-winning songs and A-list celebrity members, including Justin the Haley Bieber and Chris Pratt and his wife, Catherine Schwarzenegger. In recent years, it has also received negative attention for a series of sex abuse scandals. Wow. And I quote, if you are, if you have a core group who is committed to keeping abuses, assaults, uh, uh, let me get rid of this pop-up window, uh, keeping abuses or assaults in the church quiet, that's not who should be leading your church said Anna Crenshaw, a former churchgoer who said she was assaulted by a church staff member in 2016. Okay, well, that's that's kind of vague. I mean, what was it? Was it the, the greeter that, you know, walked in that wanted to take you to Applebee's and now you're saying you're assaulted by a church staff member? Was it a volunteer staff member? Was it a senior pastor? So that's kind of vague. There's, you know, the, the, the thing you have to realize, modern churches, churches in general, churches for decades, churches from inception have been the 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 original Tinder, you know, the dating app was the church. You go in on Sundays, you go to the singles 
dinners on Fridays. You go to midweek service on Wednesdays, and that's where you uh, find your partner that you're going to hook up with in life. So this whole thing about this particular quote, a church staff, well, is it a paid staff? Is it volunteer staff? Who was it? That could be so vague and out of context. Uh, Crenshaw, who was a student at Hillsong's Bible College in Sydney, okay, so she was in Sydney at the time of the assault, told News Nation she was considering legal action, the church, for the way that it handled her case. I eventually left Hillsong completely because I just realized they didn't care. Well, they care about keeping it out of the media, that's for sure. In 2016, Crenshaw said she was at a gathering of Hillsong church members that included married staff member Jason Mays. He's sitting next to me and he puts his hand on my thigh. Oh, this is like a romance novel. Okay. All right, ladies. I, I heard that ladies are into the, you know, the oral uh, recitation of uh, softcore porn. So here we go. Uh, he's sitting next to me and he puts his hand on my thigh and I just was like frozen, Crenshaw said. So I was like, okay, this guy is drinking too much, making inappropriate comments, and now he's touching my leg under the table. And I just didn't know what to do. When Crenshaw stood up to leave, she says, Maze groped her. And here's a picture of the girl. What? Drinking, drinking out on a, what, what kind of church is going on? I guess it's different in Australia. They put another shrimp on the Bobby and Barbie and have a Barbie, the Barbie, put a shrimp on the Barbie and have a Foster's beer with you, I guess. It says he leaned over and grabbed me around my waist. She said, he put his hands in between my legs around my butt, around that whole area. And he lifted up my shirt and was kissing my stomach. So I'm just like stuck there with this guy groping me. Uh, yeah, well, that's a pretty ballsy move. That's a pretty ballsy move. She says she pulled herself free, and two years later, she reported the inappropriate behavior to the church. Okay, well, first off, you reported it two years later. I mean, I'm not victim shaming here, but come on. If something like that is going on and you feel it was inappropriate, unless you were down with it, uh, two years, you're going to wait two years to say something? Okay, well, anyways, four or five months goes by before they even speak until they say they've, they've even spoken to Jason Mays. Uh, which this was according to Crenshaw's lawyer. And it took even more time, the attorney said, before the incident was reported to law enforcement. Well, whose responsibility was that? I mean, I'm not coming to the defense of the mega groper, but at the same time, two years and it's gone unreported. Well, wasn't it kind of your job as the victim to go report this? Oh, man. Mays was later charged, the groping associate pastor or staff member was later charged with assault with an act of indecency to which he pleaded guilty in January of 2020. Now, this happened in 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, four years later. However, Crenshaw did not feel the church reacted appropriately to her complaint or his conviction. In an email to her father, church leaders wrote that they'd disciplined Mays, but that they'd had an obligation to care for Jason, which would remain confidential. Uh, you see that happen before where pastors, staff members get caught slipping and the church decides that it's their responsibility to build him back up or counsel him back into, uh, you know, into good favor. Um, so that happens quite a bit. So I'm not surprised with that statement. Um, it says here in 2021, when Crenshaw's story started to surface, Houston, which I'm assuming is senior pastor Houston, told staff in a prepared statement that the Lord has forgiven Jason and we felt he deserves another chance. In the statement, Houston told staff that the magistrate characterized May's actions as attempting to hug Crenshaw, attempting to hug, grabbing her ass, lifting her shirt, kissing her stomach. And it was just, it was just, it was just a hug, you know, 
Well, that's what happens when you report stuff two years after the fact and surveillance video or whatever's going on or witnesses, everything's gone. I'm assuming this is, what was she doing? Was this in total private? Was she uh, having dinner with this Jason Mays in private? I don't know. I hate to be victim shaming, but I'm just trying to read through the bullshit here. Uh, Crenshaw says, that was definitely not a hug. Crenshaw said, I think even if someone is dr drunk, is trying to give a hug, it doesn't involve grabbing you in between your legs, around your butt, and lifting up your shirt and kissing your stomach. Uh, she kind of has a point there. Mays was allowed to remain on staff at the church. That was a bad move. Mays was allowed to remain on staff at the church, a move that was blasted by students at Crenshaw's College who wrote a petition to church leadership voicing their fear over a church and college whose response puts an abuser back in a position of power and influence. Man, uh, yeah, Hillsong. They have a massive campus over there in Australia, school of ministry, uh, et cetera. Jason Mays. I'm trying to see what his actual role was with Hillsong. Uh, let's do, 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 do. Married Hillsong Church. Oh, he was a church administrator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was up there. Married Hillsong. Uh, okay, come on. Get out of here. Where's the X? X out this. All right. No thanks. Go to the website. Married Hillsong Church administrator sexually assaulted Philadelphia pastor's daughter. <laughs> she was a pastor's kid. PK kid. PK kids love the party. Married Hillsong Church administrator sexually assaulted Philadelphia pastor's daughter in a report. Uh, around the time they received complaints about inappropriate sexual relations between staff and volunteers at Hillsong, New York City, the embattled Australian-based Hillsong Church was in the throes of investigating the sexual assault of a Philadelphia pastor's daughter at its headquarters in Australia. According to a Vanity Fair report featuring interviews with a number of Hillsong volunteers and a former congregants, in 2018, Anna Crenshaw, who we were just reading, who is the daughter of Victory Church senior pastor Ed Crenshaw, reported that Justin Mays, Jason Mays, a Hillsong staff administrator, volunteer singer, and the son of the church's head of human resources, sexually assaulted her at a social gathering while she attended Hillsong College in Australia. It took a serious fight from Anna and her father to hold Mays, who listed as, okay, he was listed as creative director and head of sync at Hillsong Music. Accountable. Head of sync. Huh. Pastor Crenshaw told the Christian Post on Friday that he was forced to get the police involved when he found the church leader's response to the attack on his daughter warning. Mm. He said, I don't expect Hillsong would have been able to keep anything bad from happening that could happen in any organization, which is true. You know, you get organizations where there's thousands of employees involved. Uh, you bet your boots that there's going to be some inappropriate stuff that happens. It's just how do you handle it when the inappropriate stuff happens? And uh, counseling this guy and keeping him on staff is probably a no-no. Um, so once again, the, the 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 girl's father said, "I didn't. I don't expect Hillsong would have been able to keep anything bad from happening. That could happen in any organization. But what I would expect of Hillsong is proper care and follow up, and that was missing." Pastor Crenshaw said. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? They helped the attacker, but they really didn't stand up and help her. Is the pastor's, this Pastor Crenshaw's uh, takeaway from this whole nonsense. Wow. Hillsong Church, just a lot of crap going on over there. It's imploding. I think we should wrap up this show with some Hillsong music. I really think we should. Hold on. Let me find something. Let's. They have so many different music outlets. Uh, let's just Google here a little 
Hillsong, and we're going to get this right. We're going to get this right with God. We're going to get this right with uh, everything. Hillsong Worship, Oceans. Yeah, that's a big song. So Will I. No, You Will. What a beautiful name. Hmm. Hillsong Worship Radio, Sunday Songs, uh, Hillsong, Hillsong United, Hillsong Young and Free. Yeah, let's go with Hillsong Young and Free. Get something that's popping a little bit. Uh, 51 million plays here on this song. And Hillsong Young and Free is one of their minor, uh, you know, it's not one of their, it's not one of their big boys of music. But still, let's play this. Sinking Deep. Uh, I guess Jason Mays was seeking deep his hands in between this chick's legs on, on a hug. Standing here in your presence in a grace so Maybe they were writing the song to her, to Crenshaw. Alright, let's get something a little more poppier. Let's skip ahead. God damn, it sounds like the same song. Hold on, let's find something else. Alright, here we go. Here's an action song. And there it is. <clears throat> That's the news today. It's Jake with Radio Underland coming to you live. And I will talk to you later. You guys have a good one. Be good humans. Don't get drunk and lift people's shirts and kiss their bellies and put your hands between their legs. I'll talk to you later. You're free, I'm free.